Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Ryan Slate is about to come on and blow your mind, helping you to turbocharge your own online media in this new age of media to grow your brand, grow your business, and really make a massive impact in the world. So definitely stay tuned. This dude is a pro at what he does, and it's going to be an epic interview. Before we dive into that, though, I just want to talk to you and acknowledge you for becoming your greatest possible self, whatever we can do to support you in doing that, whether it's staying tuned to the 12-hour marathon, taking the next steps with one of these awesome guests like Jeremy. Uh, just do it. Take those next steps, become your greatest possible self, and keep showing up. That's the most important part. Next. I'm going to share about an iTunes review of the week with you. This week, it's by Joshua Lizek, and it says there's personal development and then there's GPS. Chris, I love your chat with Martha. Every tip to build rapport with romantic partners works in business. In love, you want yes, so it is in sales. Thank you for bringing on guests who advice applies to 99% of life. P.S. You are so high energy, I feel the room come alive as I listen 100%. Thank you so much, Joshua. I appreciate it, man. And if you want to give us a review, you want to subscribe to the show, stay tuned, keep getting more episodes. Uh, we love iTunes, Apple Podcasts, so go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search for your um, search for Greatest Possible Self on Google or your favorite podcast platform and subscribe there. And when you leave a review on iTunes, that's when you get a chance to get shouted out. So thanks so much for tuning in and let's keep this party rolling. We got Jeremy coming on here. Before he comes on, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because this is going to be a freaking powerful training and interview. This guy shares the gold. So let's introduce Jeremy and then we'll bring him on. Jeremy Ryan Slate is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast to create life on their, your own terms. He studied literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned new media entrepreneur. He specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity, and he was ranked number one in iTunes New and Noteworthy and 26th in the business category. Jeremy was named one of the top 26 podcasts for entrepreneurs to listen to in 2017 by CIO Magazine and Millennial Influencer to Follow in 2018 by BuzzFeed. The Create Your Own Life podcast has been downloaded downloaded almost a quarter of a million times and he's also a featured writer for Influensive and Business.com. After his success in podcasting, Jeremy Slate and his wife, Brielle Slate, founded Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts. This guy recognizes the power of guesting on podcasts and so that's why he's here today to do it even more. Jeremy, are you ready to rock the house, my brother? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely, and, and I'll, I will add to that, we're over 2.5 million downloads now, so apparently I gave you a typo there, brother. Dude, <laughs> times 10. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Dude, that's that's crushing it, and I, I expected that of you. You're doing amazing. You're helping people launch their own podcasts. You're launching your own podcast, or you're, uh, you have your own podcast. Like, you're doing, you're doing so amazing, man. Um, so I want to dive into the theme today before we get into too deep, and that's to live an extraordinary life, man. What does that mean for you, Jeremy? 
You know, it, it's funny because I feel like if you asked me the same question 10 years ago, I had would have had a significantly different response to that. It would have been like, you know, doing what I want, wherever I want, whatever it is. But here's the thing, man. I feel like you get to a certain point and it's actually about how much can I help other people do really, really well because, mm. you know, it's kind of like a rising tide lifts all ships. The more yeah. other people do well, the more the world I'm in does well and the better I do. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, as I said, if you asked me this question 10 years ago, totally different answer. It would have been like, Mai Tais, beaches, nice cars, <laughs> things like that. But it's, you know, life changes you a little bit, man. That's, that's so great, man. And to move from like the significance and importance from self and do it by contribution and serving others. And you, you're doing that, man. And I, I feel podcasting, helping people to get their message out. It's one of the best ways to spread good energy, positive information and make this planet a better place, man. I'm sure you found that with your podcast, too. It, it's incredible. Just like, you know, I'll, I'll get emails from people just about like, the impact it's had on their life or, you know, a Facebook message or something like that. And it's like, bro, like I'm doing that. How incredible is that? And it's, it's, and it's not from a place of look how awesome I am. It's more like I'm surprised. Like I'm just a guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've worked hard at a lot of stuff, but it's, it, it's really cool to have that effect on people, man. Dude, so, so rad, man. So I, I mentioned a little bit in your intro about you. Why don't you share in your own words what you're up to with Command Your Brand and everything that you're putting out in the world today, man? So we are the go-to PR firm for the podcast space. Uh, my co-founder, Brielle, has been in the PR space for, gosh, well over 10 years now at this point. And actually, um, she's helped support some of the biggest people in the, uh, the medical and health field for a really long time. And uh, in 2016, we actually decided we were going to help people by getting on the right podcast because we originally were doing the whole done-for-you model and putting a show together and getting them on the right shows, doing their graphic design, doing all these different things. And we realized we were giving people something they didn't really want. The part they really liked was getting on shows. Mm. So we really doubled down on that and, and finding out like, who's your target market? How do you get in front of them? Coach them on how to tell a great story. And then our team actually books them and preps them for those shows as well. I know you've had a chance to uh, work with our team for, for some of your guests as well. And we really pride ourselves in making sure it's a great match for the podcaster and also the guests, because if it doesn't fit both sides, man, it doesn't, it doesn't serve both audiences. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so powerful as well. The training to develop the message. Cause there's a lot of podcast booking services out there. It's a, it's a, you know, blossoming market. Thank you. And you know, how do you actually prepare people to be successful on a podcast and help them be effective with that opportunity? And a lot of those services aren't doing that. So I really acknowledge you for coaching people and helping them to develop develop and practice and and refine their message so it makes the difference in those listeners you know eyes ears hearts and actually impacts them man it's it's really cool a hundred percent because here's the thing like you know as a host you want somebody that's going to help your audience make a change man and if that person isn't shown how to like they may be an awesome person but maybe they're a little you know concerned in front of the camera or mm. you know maybe it's the first time or maybe they don't know how to make the story make sense so really that extra help does help you to actually have the impact that you want to have for your audience. I think this is vital, man. Yeah, dude, this is, this is gold. So Jeremy, thanks for sharing about what you're up to with Command Your Brand. We're going to dive into more of the strategies, tactics, all that great stuff. Before that, though, I want to get people caught up with your journey and how you got to this place of really impacting the, the world in such a big way. I'm sure it wasn't always like this. You mentioned 10 years ago, your priorities were a little bit different. Take us back, man. Where did it really begin for you? Wow. Um, I, I, I feel like the, the more times I'm asked this, the more I say, like, I didn't expect myself to ever be here. Like my undergrad degree is in uh, Catholic theology and Torah. Uh, this was really interesting to me. So <laughs> I, said, trip, hey, I, uh, <laughs> I then studied literature at uh, New College, Oxford, and got my master's at Seton Hall University in early Roman Empire propaganda. Not mm. a very applicable skill. Like there weren't people lining up for that job market. 
And when I was got that, out, was that was that just because you had to had to choose something? Is that why you chose it, or did you, you, you actually? Know, I don't recommend parents ever guide their children. Um, you know, love my parents dearly, so it's not their fault. They gave me a lot of leeway to do what I wanted with school, and I really liked school. But I, I took classes this way. All right, syllabus is uh, the, the classes I can pick her out. That sounds cool. That sounds interesting. Oh, I like Alexander the Great. Let's do that. Wow. So like that's how I got through school. And my senior year in undergrad, I realized I had enough credits for a double major. And I was like, oh, I'll take one, take, take, you know, 22 credits this semester and I can double major. Great. So I, I don't recommend people do it that way, but I just, I followed my curiosity in school. And I think in some ways that served mm, me that's good. Yeah. because it's something I still apply to this day in the way that I research and the way that I learn about things. Mm -hmm. But I came out into a, a really horrible job market in 2011 and, you know, number one, I, I wanted to teach in college level, but I applied to one school, which was NYU didn't get in for, for my PhD. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the next thing? I guess that's teaching at the high school level or something like that. But when you have a master's degree and not a teaching degree, you're kind of pigeonholed on what you could do. I could only teach in, in private school here in New Jersey because you don't need a teaching degree to do that. Hmm. So I had no training in how to teach. I had no training on how to manage a classroom. They stick you in a room with 40 kids. They say, you know, write some lesson plans and they say, good luck. Dude, I was like out of my element. I like was not able to like handle the situation. And the school had also dropped uh, number grades and was only doing letter grades. So mm -hmm. kids had realized if they failed just about everything, but got a 70 on one thing, they'd pass. Mm -hmm. So it was like pandemonium gone wild with a guy that didn't know how to manage a classroom, kids that knew they could get away with just about everything if they got 170. So I, I was kind of burnt out and like it burnt me out very, very quickly. And, um, and then in 2012, my mom actually ended up having a really bad stroke mm. and she lost a lot of her language skills, um, the right, use of the right side of her body. She's not able to work anymore, but she's able to get around. And, you know, we luckily had her for my wedding and stuff like that. And the funny thing is when I was 19, I had a knee surgery go wrong and, um, I stopped breathing and got last rites and it didn't change my life. But when this thing happened with my mom, it like changed my whole perspective. Nice. So I had decided I was going to do something. I didn't know what that was. The first thing that came to me was network marketing, which I didn't know what that was. I'm in a small town. So I saw this presentation. I'm like, why isn't everybody doing this? We could all going to be like, you know, gazillionaires. Yep. Like this is incredible. Yep. And I made some money in it, but I started to not like the person I became to have to make money in that industry. And I quickly moved on from there to um, selling life insurance, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I was really good at that. And I think we're seeing a trend here that I'm really good at selling things, yeah. really good at that. But I didn't like the sitting down with people and saying, so you need to buy this because you're going to die. Mm. Like it just, it just wasn't a fun conversation to have day after day after day with people. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do something different. And that's when I started selling products on Amazon. But when you're going to launch a product, one of the things you do is you give it away for a dollar. But you're supposed to be smart and not put that dollar promo code right on your product listing so that everything goes to the same address in Maryland within 27 minutes of you posting it. And that's exactly what happened to me. So I lost 400 products in less than a half an hour to the wow. same address in Maryland. Um, and I had no, I was out all the money I had spent on all these products. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. And I actually ended up learning how to code websites from YouTube videos. And I ended up working for a friend's web design firm just building websites. And man, dude, dude, there is as a hobby while I was doing that. And apparently that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> there's, there's so many, like so many trials and tribulations and things, things that you went through to get to where we are today, Jeremy. I think that's, I really love how you were able to touch on so many different things that were like milestones 
key victories, key defeats, lots of learning lessons really uh, along the journey that shaped who you are today. And I, I think that's uh, as an entrepreneur, as a visionary, as someone who's wanting to be their greatest possible self, right? And create your life. Like you, you have to go through whatever it takes to finally find that place of passion and purpose where you feel like you're coming alive. And even then that may not necessarily last for the rest of your life, right? Cause there's, there's innovation, there's evolution, markets change, whatever. Life and times change, seasons change, and how do you keep up with it, man? So I really I acknowledge your resilience in continuing to move forward, forward, forward until you hit podcasting. So tell me a little bit more about hey, podcasting. Can I just that real quick too, because yeah. people ask me a lot. You're like, wow, you did a lot of stuff and you didn't hit it right right away. Would you like have started what you're doing right now out of college? And I said, mm. well, number one, I didn't know what I'm doing now was even a thing when I got out of college. But number two, like I learned a skill in each one of those things that I failed at. Yes. And I think that's the thing you have to take home. But but continue. I just wanted to add that. Yeah, that's great. So it's like really mining each opportunity, each season for gold. And then when you look back, don't be resentful or regretful of it, but say, hey, that was valuable. What can I pull away from that and, and really be grateful for as a foundation for me to get to where I am today? 100%. Yeah, that's gold. So with with podcasting, man, um, how did you how did you discover it? How did you really go deep with it fast? Because I know you got some massive success and wins very quickly with podcasting. Well, um, in grad school, my thesis advisor, um, who kind of looks like Neil Patrick Harris, and he's absolutely hilarious. Um, it, it's mainly one of the reasons that I stuck with ancient history so much is it was such an entertaining, uh, you know, class to be in, and I learned so much from him. Mm -hmm. He. One day we were sitting down to, to talk about my thesis, which was about Alexander the Great and, and Caesar Augustus, and he's listening to this podcast. And I'm like, well, what's podcasts? And he, it, this was back in, gosh, like 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. So he's listening to this podcast, and it's called The No Agenda Show. And the hosts are Adam Curry that used to be on MTV and uh, John Dvorak that writes for PC Mag. And basically what they do is they sit down and they dissect the news and really just make fun of it. They're not Republican. They're not Democrat. They're not in the middle. They just... This is what's happening. What the heck is going on? And it's a very entertaining show. And I think there are like 1,100 episodes in now, and I still listen to the show. But for me, that was my first experience in what is a podcast. Yeah. So from there, I ended up listening to a lot of audiobooks on podcasts and things like that. And it just became something I was very into and very much a fan of. So when I was then working, you know, fast forward to 2013, working for that friend's web design firm, I said, well, you know, let me start a podcast. I think that's this would be a good thing to do right now. And so around two I said that in 2013, I didn't start till 2015 because I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm going to start that thing, but yeah. there's a reason that I can't do that thing. And eventually mm -hmm. I'm going to do that thing. And in 2015, the beginning of that year, I started a show called Rock Your Life. And here's something I always recommend to people. Do some product research before you create a product and see what else is out there mm -hmm. because Rock Your Life was already out there. And trademarked, and I was given a cease and desist on having to do it. So I changed the name to Rock Your Life, the letter U R. <laughs> it looked like I couldn't spell, and um, the the graphic design was horrible because I didn't like Microsoft Paint. Yes, there were still people that used that back in 2015, <laughs> and the interviews were me trying to be a life coach, and I am mm -hmm. the furthest thing from a life coach. So it was just crap. I quit after about 60 days. And the end of, towards the end of 2015, around September, I got married and I'm like, all right, well, I'm doing okay, you know, designing websites, but this, this can't be a forever thing. Like, what am I going to do with this? So I started, I, I took some courses, one being the uh, podcast course from John Lee Dumas on like how to start a show. And I approached it more professionally. 
I made a list of the hundred people I'm, I admire most. And I just said, screw it and reached out to him. Mm. First person to respond was Seth Godin. He said, um, congratulations. I wish you luck. When you get to 400, let me know and we'll do it. So he was episode number 400 of the show. Wow. Um, but I had a lot of success in that first 30 days. We had 10,000 downloads pretty early on, which uh, Neil Patel actually wrote a, an article about like, how the heck did this guy get 10,000 downloads? But that was really the success I saw right away as I was like a professional. I went for the big names and I worked really hard to get it out there. And, mm. you know, that's really the start of what I'm doing now. Yeah. Do you think a lot of podcasters don't have that audacity to go after their, you know, top 100 or 100 people who they uh, aspire to be around more? There's this like imposter syndrome, man. They're like, why would I, why would they want to talk to me? Well, mm. why would they want to spend time with me? And, and I think at the same time that you have to think about, like, I think that's a really selfish way to look at it, honestly, because if, if you look at it from the viewpoint of there's people I want to help and they need to learn how my viewpoint learning from this person can help them. Yeah. Because am I an expert? No, but I'm a very inquisitive person and I want to learn certain things from these people. And that actually helps a lot of other people. Hmm. So by not doing that, you're actually being selfish, and not helping people that really need you. Damn, dude, that's that's so powerful because I I think we can we can put that focus and the spotlight on us so much and the pressures on us if we just focus on others. How you've really, especially shifted in, into these last couple of years of serving others, helping others rise, helping others to get where they want to go, then everything else works out, man. So I'm sure that you've Great. had like so many lessons along the journey, uh, but I want to dive into the command your brand philosophy helping people to get their message out um let's talk about like what does it take to build a solid uh, ex like resume experience one pager so that a podcast wants to have you on their show well here's first and foremost i'm going to say something that actually has nothing to do with podcasting that sure. a lot of people totally forget about and a lot of people want to be on the forbes or on the inc or a lot of these cool places and they actually forget that they have a small local community that's going to care about them and want to know what they're doing. Mm. So I, I teach people that before you're ever getting on a podcast, if you have no media, you're going to need some so you can show some credibility. Find out what the small pond you're a member of is. For me, we had a small newspaper that goes to every house in the two counties around me on a Thursday. Mm. Nothing happens where I'm from. Literally nothing happens here. So when we wrote a press release and sent it in about something that was happening or something we had achieved or whatever was going on, it got printed. So a lot of those went on my media page and my website as well. And that's something I'll point out too. A lot of those just don't have a media page. Have a page in your site where all the press and all the features and things like that are stored because it's really important. So that's kind of place one. Mm. Have your basic media in. It may be your local media, maybe your university, it may be your rotary club. Somebody's gonna care about what you're doing. And it's a perfect place for you to start. Yeah. So then after that, when you have that down, you wanna worry about, well, number one, who do I want to reach? Because yeah. I think People start with what they want to be on before they worry about who I want to reach and who I want to help. Because the biggest shows out there may not be the right audience for you. Like you need to be talking to your people so you can actually help the people that need to hear from you. So first and foremost, to find that person, then you actually want to worry about what I call story message call to action. Your personal story, the three to five key teachable things that somebody can walk away with, whether they buy something from you or not, and then what to actually do at the end, like where to continue that relationship. So you have those three things down and then a, a one pager is definitely something to have to make yourself more, more professional, but I wouldn't worry about too much about that being your pitch, just part of it. Yeah. And that would be, you know, a nice professional photo. Um, if you're worried about the cost in your photos, a lot of college students need, that are in art need to do a certain number of photos to graduate and we'll probably do it for you um, to be able to graduate. Um, or thumbtack.com is another great way to get started. If you worry about costs for photos. Um, your three to five key teachable points on there, all your social media links, 
and uh, your bio. And a really cool way to do it and make it look nice is in Canva. You can do a really nice job in Canva and just have it be nice and presentable and you look like a pro. Dude. So you have those things down. Your pitch is actually just going to be your story, your message, and how you can help their audience. Because I think too many people are about, they pitch in the way of, this is how awesome I am. This is why you need to have me on. And they forget, like, there's people that listen to this content. There's people that, that this content is trying to help. So that should really be, you know, how, you know, how you're pitching and how you should be presenting yourself. Yeah, that's great, man. I really love how you put that foundation in place because the, the one, one pager, the media page, whatever, whatever you want to call it, that is like, it's a summary of what you want to communicate to a host. But if you don't know like the components of that and what's, what actually drives these hosts to say yes to guests, then mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be just putting random information on there. But if you know like, Hey, what's in it for your audience, here's why you need to have me on your show. Because afterwards your, your tribe is going to be like, dude, this was such an awesome interview because I know my stuff. I know the points that I want to cover and I know that we're a, a great match and a great alignment. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I give the people a tip. Start with like, like you just to, to reiterate what you just said, start with the teachable skill you want somebody to walk away from and come, come mm -hmm. away with your talking point from that. Wow. You know what I mean? Like your audience will learn X, Y, Z and make that into your talking point. Because I think too often people are like, important point, point number one that makes me so important. Point number two that makes me so important. Point number three that makes me so important. And it's about what do you want people to walk away with in that teachable mm. skill? Yeah, because that's that's what a host wants is like, hey, how can I how can I serve my tribe even more? So this is this is great, man. Great stuff, Jeremy. For everyone who's tuning in, if you have con comments, questions for Jeremy, drop them in the live feed. Uh, make sure you tag him. Also, if you're listening to this on the podcast, take a screenshot, put it up, uh, tag Jeremy at Jeremy Ryan Slate, and also you can tag me at I am Millionaire Chris. Let us know that you're tuning in and what your biggest takeaways are. If you have any questions, we'll make sure we get back to them. This is awesome stuff, Jeremy, and I think that's a, a a really important thing that we just dove into and I want to zoom out a little bit above uh, this this PR if, if people are just now getting aware of the power of PR why it's important tell us a little bit more about that and how that relates with a brand and building a business well I, I think the important thing you have to go with first of all is is there's a real confusion between PR and marketing mm. right you can look at PR some people classify PR as a component of marketing some people have them as the same thing Honestly, if you're going to look at the real definition, PR is awareness and creating trust. Marketing is the driving of people and, uh, and traffic to buy your services. Mm, so yeah. PR is what creates the trust and the bigger vision so that your marketing works. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I'm trusted because of XYZ or I've seen because of XYZ. And then you run traffic at that and you run more concepts at that so people understand that. Mm. Um, so not having your PR in place is probably why your marketing is not as effective and costing you a lot more money. I think too often people are like, well, what's the... What's the ROI on this, this PR that I'm doing? Well, here's a really good example. I sent a press release to a newspaper. That newspaper editor liked it, ran it in a larger regional newspaper, which then, ran, which then was read by a producer for a television channel, which then had me on TV. How can you backtrack and find the PR, the, the value from that original PR piece that I did? It's so much bigger and sometimes things that you're not even aware of. So it creates trust. It creates the idea of, you know, you are the influencer, the person to go to in your arena. And it's just so important. It's why a lot of businesses struggle because they haven't created that level of trust or that level of celebrity or thought leader status and where they're, where they are. I, I give the example of, let's look at a small town chiropractor, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say that this chiropractor is open less hours, charges more money and is more in demand than everybody else. Even though there's 50 other chiropractors in that town. Why is that? 
he's on the right podcast, he's in the right newspapers, he or she is speaking at the right conferences, they're talked about by the right people. You create this level of demand, you don't have competition anymore. And I think that's the real difference that you have to look at. Yeah, because it's when people hear this reputation about you, that you're something special, that you are in demand, that you're a celebrity, that's different than competing on prices. It's different mm-hmm. than competing on, hey, what are the features that I'm going to be giving in this? Because, you know, a chiropractor is a chiropractor is a chiropractor. I mean, everyone has their own modalities and specialties mm-hmm. and all that great stuff. And at the end of the day, someone's going to say, which chiropractor do I go to? I'm going to go to the one who's constantly being talked about, who has amazing Yelp reviews, who's, you know, like just being recommended, celebrity, all that great stuff. And that's how we we validate if, if something is a good choice today is like, are other people saying good things about this person? Well, and that's the thing, man. Like you compete on price. That's a, that's a competition to the bottom. You know, lower, 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 lower. Nobody's making money. You compete on features somebody's going to have a cooler widget than you eventually. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it just, it just happens. If you're, com- if you're competing on thought leader status mm-hmm. and you're well-established in your space and known, there's no competition anymore. And I think the, the interesting thing is I'll say like for a lot of thought leaders, absolutely. But even for local businesses, because this has fallen so out for local businesses, if you just start doing some of this stuff, the competition goes away because everybody stopped doing it on even a smaller level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important to say because a lot of people who are listening to this might be online coaches, entrepreneurs, people who are kind of familiar with, hey, I know I need to get on podcasts. And there also might be people who are saying, can I really do podcasting for my industry for, you know, being an insurance salesman or, you know, different things like that? It's like, yes, there is a podcast. There is a a audience out there who wants and needs your stuff, or, or maybe they don't even know yet, but you could show up and, and serve them and, and like share value so that they want to take those next steps. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent because you're, you're, you're really showing people that there's a level of trust there. And here's the interesting thing, right? Because I, I think people also have this idea of whether it's a podcast or a press piece, mm-hmm. they think that all the ROI should come from the pod, from the podcast. Meaning, like somebody new sees it, they come into the office and they they buy your service or they go to your website and buy your service. Here's the interesting thing: here's the podcast. Here's your current audience. You market the podcast to your current audience, mm-hmm. so now you can actually use that piece to push people forward into a buying decision that have already been in your funnel for a really long time. So yes, that podcast should get you new business, but at the same time, it should be warming up people that are right there on the cusp, but need to see that in order to do business with you. Yeah, because that's that's who is the warmest in our in our network, right? Yep. If we go on someone else's podcast and a cold audience finds out about us, yes, we leverage the power of that person, that host's relationship with their audience member and now this new audience member is following us. And mm-hmm. they might have a super hot buying temperature and they might want to say, "Yes, I'm in. I want I want your services." And the people who are already in our network, those people are like, hey, I like you at some level. I'm, I'm willing to connect with you on, on social media. You're important enough so that I don't just delete you or block you or unfollow you. So that, is, that says something. It's The connection is valuable for them. So if we just take the time to nurture those connections that are already within our network, uh, I think we'll, we'll also get a lot back from that and serving those people. Well, here's a great example of that as well. We, had a, we have a client that uh, they sell a five-figure coaching product. It's, it's expensive. They were on EO Fire, remarketed that episode to their email list, where then at an event, somebody walked up to them at the event and handed them a check for that high-ticket product because they're like, oh, I heard you on EO Fire. You're definitely the smartest one at this. I need to work with you. Wow. So I think that's just like you're saying, that we're missing out on that value if you're not seeing that 
there's new audiences and there's also warming up our current one. Mm. Like when, when people are just getting started on their journey, what, what kind of results can they expect to get with, with PR? Like how, how can we um, set proper expectations for them to really mm -hmm. succeed with PR and new media and um, just have the best possible experience? Well, the first thing is actually just being honest with yourself where you're at. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're well-established in your business and you've made a lot of money, but if you're not known already, you just got to start at a smaller level. That's just, just the way it works because I look at media as stairs, right? You know, you go one level to two levels to three levels to four levels or whatever it may be. So if you're going to start, you know, like I said, start with local media. And if you're going to start getting on podcasts, start with smaller shows. And what that means is less than 20 episodes, because you know this as well as I do. There's this phenomenon around 20 episodes called pod fading. Mm -hmm. They're there one day and then they're gone. So early on, those shows really need content. So start with shows that are less than 20 episodes and less than 20 reviews, mm -hmm. because it means that they're newer. They may not have a, as well of an established content field as other hosts out there. And it's going to be an easier play for you. And as you kind of build up on some of those shows, you can start going to bigger shows, which would be, you know, 20 or more episodes and more than 50 reviews. And you're gradually climbing up and looking for, for larger shows. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. Like I said, so the, the biggest pitfall I see with people is they've convinced themselves that they're too good to go on, you know, a smaller show or a newer show to start out with. You may be so well established in what you do and highly credible, but you're not known in the media space yet. So just start small and you can do it quickly, but you have to start small first. Yeah. And also just the, the sheer number of appearances on different shows. And if you keep remarketing that to your own yep. tribe and your own list, people are like, damn, you are, you're important, Jeremy. Like, gosh, you're on like 30, 30 podcasts this month. You're on a podcast every day. Jesus. <laughs> and if you're, if you don't have a Facebook pixel on your own website, which, which you can then remarket these podcast episodes that people that have already seen your website, you're crazy. Mm. Like you, you should be remarketing these podcast episodes of people that have already seen you because mm. as I said, they may be at a certain space in their buying journey. They may not even join your email list yet, but they're stored in that Facebook pixel and they may say, I got to join that dude's list. You know, this mm. guy, Chris Burns, man, like he's a very handsome guy. got nice glasses. I want to work with him, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Um, when it when it comes to developing a message that's like really powerful, what do you what do you feel it takes to have it stick out so that it, it's it's something that's different? Because I think there can also be a lot of um, people who sound similar and the same in terms of saying, "Hey, host, I want to be on your show." How do we differentiate ourselves? Start with your personal story because your personal story, first and foremost, is what makes you unique, and it's also what creates the trust for you to then teach somebody. Because if people don't feel like you've either made that change yourself or helped other people make that change, you can't teach them. So I say first and foremost, the thing to differentiate yourself is actually your personal story because nobody has that. Mm. Do you, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. the, kind of the place to start. The second thing to do is look at how do you uniquely talk about what you're doing? Because I think there's too many. There's like five influencers everybody cares about and everybody's trying to be them. Mm. You know, like Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, you know, uh, names escape me at the moment. But everybody's trying to be those three or five people. So what do you uniquely believe? And look at those as your key teachable points. Because I think too often we're just ripping off somebody else and saying, okay, this is what I believe. And it's like, well, of course you're not going to stand out because that's what Gary Vee believes, not you. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you actually believe? And what is your own personal story? I just think personal stories are so valuable. And the message doesn't even matter as much as your story does. Because that's the thing that creates the trust and creates the idea in somebody that they can make a change. And then the, the teachable points, yes, it should be helpful. But 
it's that mess. It's that story that really creates the trust and shows somebody that they can make a change. Yeah, that's that's gold, man. So when it comes to the story, what are the key points? Those defining moments. How do we how do we locate those and really maximize those? Because com- someone might say, "Man, I've lived 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but what actually matters along my journey?" Well, I, th- I think of the it's starting at a simple level. Like the funny part about it is, is what do you do? You know, in your business that you're really successful at that you take for granted and think everybody knows mm. and then actually work that backwards then and find out where did that happen for you? Like I, I find too often when people are telling their story, they tell their whole story and it's not relevant to what they're doing now. Mm. Like, like for example, like let's say you were working in a large company and one of the things you actually helped them do was market on LinkedIn and they made $20 million. Wow. That changed your life. So you're like, okay, buy company. I hope I don't have an, an NDA or not compete with you. Mm. I'm now going to go help people do something with LinkedIn. Well, that's really valuable. And that makes your story make sense and creates that level of trust. So you want to look at what do you do really well that you take for granted and think everybody else knows and take a look at that because those are actually a lot of turning points that are people are going to be like, whoa, I was wondering how somebody does that. Because mm. I, I find it myself even like even with certain aspects of I'm a, I'm a very techie person and people that know me really well know this. Like, like, uh, like Dennis Brown. Uh, do you know Dennis Brown by any chance? Mm-hmm. No. He's a host of the Growth Experts podcast, and he'll call me once in a while whenever something related to podcasting breaks. And he'll be like, so I was doing this in Libsyn, and now this is broken, this doesn't work, and this doesn't work. I'm like, okay. And in my head, I can actually see what he's talking about. So I'm like, all right, move over here, click on this page, go to this part, do that, do this. And he's like, dude, like, how do you know this? I'm like, I don't know, it's just how I think. But I think things like that, so many of us take that for granted. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, that's just how I think. But other people don't think like that. And that's extremely valuable to others. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like you need to look at it that way. Like, what do you take for granted in your story that is actually something people people would really want to know about? Yeah, that's that's good, man. Look, look for it's almost like you you don't even think about it. You have to you have to pause. You have to reflect. You have to say, hey, what have I been looking over? That is like my genius. That's my purpose. It's like kind of staring me right in my face that I just haven't taking the time to, to really work on and dig deep in. And I think that's, that's amazing, man. I want to go well, into your can I, can I add to that, a hack to that, because mm-hmm. I find that like, I know even for myself, a lot of times we invalidate our own ideas of what we can do. Somebody you really trust and that has a lot of trust in you, ask them why they trust you or ask mm-hmm. them what those things are that, you know, you help them a lot with. And you're going to find out and they're going to be like that really, that really matters. Because if you ask other people from the perspective of people that you have a lot of trust and belief in, mm-hmm. not people that you wouldn't want their opinion, um, they'll give you a good idea of what you're really good at that they that you didn't even think of. Man, dude, that's gold. I love it. So asking people close by who who can see you, who you trust, and say, what do you think I'm, I'm great at? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to shift gears into your podcast because you're you've accomplished some amazing things with your podcast, Jeremy. And I want to talk about uh, you're at what six hundred something episodes that you've released. Six forty as of this morning, dude. Congrats, man. That's that's a Herculean effort and the consistency and just keep doing it, keep showing up, man. It's it, I know it. I've seen it pay off so much in my own life, so I only imagine what it's doing for you. And uh, just keep showing up, keep delivering that gold, man. I want to talk about let's say uh, three three seasons, so to speak, of your show. Uh, the first two hundred episodes, uh, the next two hundred, and the last two hundred. I want to see like what what have you seen changed in your philosophy in how you approach podcasting. Can you tell us a little bit more, more about the evolution of your show? The first 200 I find hard to listen to. Um, <laughs> I, 
which is here, here's something I'll admit that I have not admitted before. I, I hate the sound of my own voice. Wow. Um, I don't like listening to myself recorded. Um, but those first 200 are rough to listen to because I would say the same things over and over and over again because I was uncomfortable at it. And it was just kind of the more you do it, the better it gets. But at the same time, I also had a lot of success in there. Like I had Grant Cardone at episode 154 and I had uh, Robert Green at episode 110. So I had a lot of success early on right out of the gate. Um, but I think then if you look at season two, it's kind of like, how do you sustain that and continue to level up? Yeah. So I, I looked at a lot more processes to reach out to people. So I found a couple different ways, one being contact any celebrity that's really good, IMDb Pro that's really good. Mm. And I built some processes around how to uh, reach out to people there. And then now I actually, I, I guess if we're looking at the current season, I have just the targeting list of people I want to follow. I have all those processes that I just mentioned written up and videoed. And I have a team that helps me to do that. So, you know, they, they basically reach out to the people I want to talk to. And I just got to interview one of my original, you know, top people that I wanted to interview the other day, Derek Sivers. But it took mm. four years to get that. Um, and we just actually just booked Dan Carlin that I've wanted to interview from the beginning from Hardcore History. So it's having that follow up in there because some of these guests have taken a really long time. And now it's actually having the help to do that follow up with the systems that I've built. Yeah. Dude, I love it. That's that's so powerful. Like just continuing to stay persistent, and then also in the beginning, you had big successes early on, man. Um, can you tell us a little bit more for our audience what they could do to create that success? I know you mentioned, um, you know, having the list of people who you reach out to, just going for it. Is there anything else that you felt uh, really helped you accelerate your growth? Take big action. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I find out too often people reach out to five people and they don't hear from them. They're like, oh, I'll go you know, find the plumber next door to me and interview him. <laughs> um, but, you know, like the fact that it's a hundred is supposed to scare you, but it's at the same time supposed to give you a lot of fuel because yeah. I had at least half of those people say yes. And that fueled a lot of my podcast journey. So take big action right out of the gate. But the other thing is I, I run a targeting sheet of when was the last time this person was reached out to. Mm. Like Dave Asprey took me three years. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else here. Um, Elio Castroneves, who's my favorite Indy 500 driver. He's won the Indy 500 three times. He's one of only four people alive to do that. Um, took me almost five years to get that interview. So it's, if you're willing to do the follow-up, man, it's having the structure to be able to do that, thinking big and then continually making that follow-up. But also when you're reaching out, you know, letting that person know why this matters. Like, mm -hmm. why do you, why, why does what you're doing matter and who are you trying to help with that? And at the same time, just understanding some basic PR contacts. You, you know what I mean? Like if whenever you can speak to the person you want to interview themselves, you're going to have a better shot of booking the interview. Mm. Um, you'll never want to speak to a speaking agent because a speaking agent gets paid for speaking. So that's going to cost you money and they'll never do it for you. Um, you if you can talk to a personal assistant, you got a better shot. Mm -hmm. Publicist, not as good of a shot, but you still have a shot. So it's kind of learning that hierarchy, how to talk to them and, and how to communicate to them as well. Yeah. That's good, man. That's gold. That's super, super important is like to know who's the decision maker, so to speak, and uh, who's most likely to say yes, and that you can bring your your heart based, compelling, you know, case, so to speak, to their to their desk and have them say yes. So this is this is gold, man. I also want to talk about the next season of your podcast, Jeremy. Let's talk about um, going into the next year, two years. Like, what do you see as really important for you to, to keep growing, com uh, command your brand as well as your show, create your own life? Well, for Command Your Brand, it's like we, we actually just hired another publicist um, two days ago. Wow. So it's continually bringing on people that are really good at what they do and making sure they're trained up well and making sure that they're operating as a team and an on-purpose team because we want to help people that want to change the world because that allows us to do that. So 
you know, that's that component. In terms of the show, it's continually trying to level up the people I'm talking to and then how I'm also presenting that. You know, we've kept our production quality very high. You know, eventually um, I'll take a page out of your book and we'll start doing some video. But right now it's continually leveling up the quality of guests, how we're delivering it and how we're also discussing those topics is, is really important to me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you see uh, anything changing in terms of the types of guests that you get on? Because it already seems like you're getting like, you know, top top three to five people in their space. Uh, do you uh, see anything changing around no, that? No, man. I think there's those few that I'm always still chasing. Like, um, like I've been a drummer since the time I was 13. So my number one guest that I've always wanted to interview, well, I'll give you my top three. Uh, my, my top three guests that I've always wanted to interview are Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. who I'm like my number one drummer and it's not for the reason people think of because they think oh he's in the Foo Fighters great yeah he was a drummer Nirvana but there was a period of time where he actually played the drums in the first two Queen of the Stone Age albums which are incredible wow and Bob Dylan said if you could ever pick a drummer to play with it would be Dave Grohl so Dave Grohl is my number one uh, number two is Robert Plant if I could ever get that and then number three is Tom Brady none of those three people are in business and the top <laughs> two musicians because I, I find that that stuff is so applicable to life yeah I want to talk to big think people that have Mm. done really big things and creatives are also incredible because I think that I I was just interviewing somebody the other day and we were talking about Walt Disney Mm. and the amount of belief and creativity that that guy had when he went to Hollywood and got that train ride to Hollywood, he had just declared bankruptcy. He had to his name, one suit jacket, one suitcase, sold everything else he had and bought himself a first class ticket. Because he believed that if he was riding first class, he was going to make it happen. I think that creatives are incredible because they create, and and this goes for artists, this goes for musicians, actors, Mm -hmm. they create a future that we can't see yet. Do you know what I mean? Like they're actually putting it there. They're creating it. They're doing all these things. I just find that to be incredible because there's just not many people that have that quality to see Mm -hmm. a future others don't see yet. Like that's just incredible to me. So it's continuing to level up. And honestly, I'm I'm trying to get more creatives. Um, You know, my, my, we got a no, but my assistant did talk to um, Luke Bryan's uh, publicist the other day. I'm trying to get more artists because I just find it to be very interesting, you know, what they're doing, what they're creating. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's also cool for you, like really getting in the circle of, of personal development, of business. Like that's that those people want to get their message out on yeah. these these podcasting platforms because like there's a lot of their target audience tuning in. And these bigger name people who are like creatives, artists, directors, movies, that kind of stuff. It's a little bit it's like the next ring out in terms of like their willingness to to come on shows usually right. because it may or may not have a direct bottom line return turn on investment for them you know but it does it does help their thought leadership and it does allow them to to help others which i think is a really big well and it's it's interesting too because i think sometimes like i said people don't keep track of the people that they're following up with and it may fall off and they may miss an interview they could get or things like that sometimes it's kind of cool to to, to also mention the people you've gotten no's from at the same Mm -hmm. time because you're like wow we actually somehow got in contact with that person to their team that's kind of (laughs) cool I love it. I love it. That's that's something it's really cool about you, Jeremy, is like that you're proud of both sides. You're proud of the successes and the people that you impact as well as the the learning lessons, the failures, the no's. I think that's it really speaks to a level of maturity and consciousness about you, man, and how you uh, go about life and business. It's really cool, man. Well, I have a call with my my booking assistant that does all of my guests for my show every every Thursday. Uh-huh. Uh, and Last week, she was telling me who we just got to know from. And I'm like, wait, what? You know who that is, right? Like, so we, she just had talked to, uh, she had a phone conversation with Rafael Nadal's manager. Um, and he's like, not doing media or anything like now. But I'm like, 
holy crap, I've never been able to get in touch with them. How did you do that? <laughs> and, and I think at the same time, it, to me, we're always refining our processes also from the people I bring on board because they learn how to do things that I didn't know how to do, which actually makes the process better as well. Okay. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about team. How, how has team played a role in your growth since starting the podcast to where you are today? I find that the biggest like problem in my own growth is me. Um, because early on I wanted to be the one that did everything and eventually you start to not like what you're doing. And what happens is when you find people that you put in place, you find that they actually do a better job because they have their attention fully on what they're doing. Like we brought on a director of sales in August and we just had our highest three revenue months in a row by having somebody there that could put their attention fully on sales and do everything that needed to be done with it rather than you know, me trying to do that plus do some other stuff that I do. So I think really for me, the secret to growth has been finding the right people, making sure they're trained properly because you should have all your processes written down in videos. So when they step in, they know what to do. Mm. But at the same time, you're finite as a single person. The way you grow a business and an organization is by putting the right people there to help you. Mm. I think that so often the world of online marketing and coaching and online business and stuff like that has kind of tweaked the traditional rules of building a business to the point that people forget that to build a business, you need people there. Mm. You know, if you're a coach, you need a team helping you market. You need a team to be at events and sell for you. You need a team to, you know, do the web development and things like that. You can't do it all yourself to build a really big business or, or build a really big podcast or whatever it is. You've got to have the right people there and have them enabled. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned uh, that you had success in network marketing and insurance, and also you know early on with your podcast. And you, I believe, you mentioned that uh, Brielle, your wife, you're you're working with her as well in yeah. Command Your Brand. I'm curious, how important has it been to have a like mastermind partner with you at each of these different careers or opportunities for your success? Did you feel like you were a, a great self starter and you learned really well on yourself and you're a great leader, or did you have like mentors and and, you know, people who really were strong where you weren't as strong to help balance you out and help you grow faster. Well, I'll say I'll say a couple things to that. You know, starting out, first of all, she was the one that always pushed me because mm. she saw more in myself than I saw in myself. Yeah. Um, so I, I really appreciate that from the beginning. Um, how that relationship is now is I'm a very big think person. I come up with big ideas where I struggle is making those ideas real. Mm -hmm. So she's the person that helps me put the structure behind my big ideas so they work. You know, so whereas I operate more for the CEO role, she operates more in the COO role. She mm. takes my ideas and makes them work and helps the team get on board with those different things. So I think that's where it's really great. But in terms of mentorship, honestly, um, there was uh, a, a woman that I worked for when I was at that web design company that has been very helpful to me. She did my original branding and helped me with a lot of stuff. And that was really great. Um, that was a mentorship. Um, also, I had connected with a guy in 2016 uh, named David Breyer, and uh, he's actually one of the top branding experts in the world. He's done branding with Rolling Stone. He just wrote a book with Damon John. Like He's done a lot of really incredible stuff, and he's been a huge helpful to me uh, to explain different aspects of my branding, why they matter. And you know, when I run into something like, hey, I have this situation with the client, I haven't had to handle something like this before, like, what would you do? Yeah. I think it's really important to have the advice from somebody that's been there. And, that, and that's why I always tell people too, if you're going to hire a coach or you're going to hire somebody like that, hire somebody that coaching is not their first business. Mm -hmm. Hire somebody that they've done something successfully already. So they have the experience to be able to impart that experience on you. 
Yeah, that's that's really great wisdom, man. I think that like when you can be successful and and have a skill that is good on its own, and then you teach that skill to others, you know, skill that makes you money on its own, and then you teach that to others, then usually that's not coming from a place of need or desperation, which I think a lot of coaches do. They take the leap and they you know start their coaching journey, and uh, that's their that's their main thing. And some of them create success with that, and a lot of them struggle. So I think that's that's really great advice to go maximize and monetize a skill. Typically, I think with um, someone else's infrastructure, I think it works works really well. Find a, a brand or company or a mission or a culture that you really align with. Go get great mm-hmm. in there. And then if you want to go out on your own, then do your thing. And just make sure you haven't signed an NDA or a non-compete that you're making, making yourself not be able to work in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, it's that's... funny because I feel like sometimes people are so desperate to get in that role you're talking about that they don't read everything they're signing and then they realize they're screwed at the end. So just keep that consideration there when you're when you're doing anything like that because that's a great idea. Just make sure you're not legally blocked out in the future. Yeah, well I think that's that's an important part. Like building something big, you you have big ideas. So a lot of these big ideas take foundation that they planning making sure the right processes systems and also the legal stuff is in place um so it's like having having everything in order so that you can build that massive skyscraper and, and serve a lot of people it's it's essential man yeah absolutely man yeah, this is this is great so jeremy i want to talk about um just a, a moment that really stood out for you on one of your podcasts maybe one of your favorite episodes something that was an aha for you a learning lesson something that really hit you in the heart uh just tell us about one of the the greatest moments that you had on your show um actually i'm gonna go with something that actually happened last week because i i called my best friend i'm like dude can you believe this um so are you familiar with who derek sivers is yes Okay, so Derek Sivers is the guy that started CD Baby, um, sold it a bunch of years ago. He's mentioned the four-hour work week. And when I made that original list, he was like in the top 10 of people I really wanted to interview. So I got a chance to finally, you know, a bunch of years down the road, interview Derek last week. He gets on. We have a really great interview. We talk about stoic philosophy, and we talk about um, just so many incredible things, the way he journals through his day. We get done. He goes, how was that? I go, it was, it was great. He goes, oh, I was really hoping so, man. I prepped for three hours for this interview. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, you prepped for three hours to talk to me? Wow. Like, holy crap. He goes, well, I was just so excited because these questions were so good. And he goes, I just want to make sure I was so prepared for it. And I'm like, that's a really cool moment to know that, like, I've created something to the level that somebody that I really admire did that level of preparation to just spend 45 minutes with me. Like, that's, it's humbling, man. Like, it really is. Damn. That's that's amazing. It really shows what you've built, you know, just beyond just you, Jeremy, but this this uh, you know, mission, this platform that you've built. I think that podcasting and, you know, building a brand, that is is it speaks volumes when other people relate to it like that, man. That's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 really incredible because it's as I said, it's a humbling experience the people I get to talk to, but then when you hear something like that, like it, here's the thing. It humanizes the people you really admire because you realize they care about the same things we care about, man. Like, mm-hmm. like seriously, it's, it's incredible. Dude, I love it. I love it, man. Um, so for someone who's just getting started on their journey, I think we went back to like really get clear on your story know who's the person that you want to talk to, know how you, you want to serve them uh, and mm-hmm. come up with those actionable points. Is there any other big tips that you'd recommend to people who are getting started that would help them uh, just make the journey a little bit smoother? Well, I would say first and foremost, like if you're going to start your own podcast, uh, make sure it's very different because mm-hmm. there's too many people out there that are trying to copy the exact same model and you're going to get tired of it after 20 episodes. 
But if you're going to get on podcasts, I really would recommend that to get your business out there. But consider the idea of a little bit in that journey of actually starting your own and how to systemize it because you're going to start creating your own content vehicle. And I think that's what's really important as well is get your name out there by adding a ton of value to other podcasts. But at the same time, make sure you're remembering to create your own content to build your own thought leadership when people come back to you. So I would say that's a really important thing that's also going to help you move forward in the future um, because one of the things people don't think about with podcasting is having your own podcast and a successful one that, that's been around for a while. You know, you're now a member of the media. Yeah. You know, I've been able to get media invites to events. I've been able to get access to people I shouldn't get access to because I have a podcast. So always remember to not just get your thought leadership out there by appearing on other shows and building your brand, but at the same time, build your own content vehicle, whether it's that podcast or a blog or whatever it may be, have a content vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gold. Jeremy, you mentioned that you're a, a big thinker and I, I really get that about you. I want to talk about um, legacy for you. Like, what do you see as, as a legacy that you are really excited to be creating in the world? And I'm sure it's always evolving and, and growing into it, but what do you see right now? What, what is important to you? Family, community, career. Tell us a little bit more about the legacy that you want to leave. Well, first and foremost, it's building the largest new media PR firm in the world. And it's, it's not crazy. I say that every week. Like every week at staff meeting, I say we are the largest new media PR firm in the world. So it starts with that. But then when you have that big of a concept, that starts with, well, think of the number of world-changing individuals that I can help. And in that case, you know, it comes to handling the drug, drug epidemic in America. Mm. You know, I grew up in, in a part of New Jersey where heroin is a huge problem. Mm. So if I build something big enough, we can do something about it. And, you know, if I take people that have really incredible missions and I build something big enough, it's going to help them get those missions out there. So it's about seeing how I can create something really big that actually makes some change in the world. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is I, the first time I said that was like four years ago. And I was at like a small, you know, group of business owners were sitting at the table and I said this and everybody said their goals. And I almost wanted to take mine back. So I'm like, wow, it's just too big. I sound crazy. If you have a big, crazy, auda you know, audacious goal, that should fuel you because it's going to get you out there. It's going to make you really want to make an impact. Don't ever invalidate your own big goals. Just try to figure out how to make them happen and try to find people that support you in making them happen. Dude, so, so gold. Jeremy, this has been an epic interview, man. We're wrapping up now, and I want to tell people how they can stay connected with you, what they can do next, and how they can continue their journey with you, man. Absolutely. If they want to check out the podcast, that's over at jeremyryanslate.com. Or if they're looking to start building their own brand by appearing on top-rated podcasts as a guest, I'm going to help you cut the learning curve just a little bit. And uh, I'm going to tell you the seven reasons why nobody knows you. Because there's mm -hmm. seven reasons why nobody knows you online. And if I knew these in the beginning, I would have been a lot further along um, than you know my learning curve was. So I want to make that a lot easier for you. And that's over at commandyourbrand.media slash seven reasons. It's literally everything you need to know about why people can't find you online and how to change that paradigm. Damn. Dude, you are rocking it, Jeremy. I'm, I'm just super, super grateful for um, Steve Olsher and the New Media Summit that he put on as well because that's how we got connected. And just awesome people in this space who are constantly connecting, recommending, referring people. Um, just really, it's been a, a blast to do this interview with you. I'm super stoked to build our relationship, man. You're doing amazing things, helping people to get their message out and make a big impact. So keep up the great work, Jeremy, and we'll see you soon, okay? Thank you, my friend. All right, take care. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. 
right here, right now. Decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>